Yeah, Friday! You have reached episode 17 of the Ranting Weight Watcher. I am your host, Donato Russo. Aren't you glad it's Friday? I know I am. I hope you enjoy the show today. I think I wrote a good one. If this is your first time here, and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment, and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening to me on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four-star, five-star rating, whatever's in your heart to give. We are seven days away from Christmas Day. And rest assured... There will be a Christmas Day broadcast, so no worries about that. So let's get into this. Journey updates. All right, uh, this weigh-in day was not a good one. And you know what? I can't really... This is one of those ones where I can't explain. I did everything... The way I should, or the way I planned, I should say. Whether it was a good plan or a bad plan, you know, that's relative. Anybody could argue the other side of a coin. But I did everything as I planned it, and I I scoured my tracker thinking, did I forget anything? Because I do that. Whenever I have a gain, I go through this, you know, mental kung fu (laughs) Did I forget something? How is this my fault? What did I do? Did I go according to my plan? If so, then where's the flaw in my plan? Right? But it comes to a point when you're thinking about all of that where you're just kind of wasting time. Move on. Let it go. Keep moving forward. Because you're not going to quit anyway, right? You're not going to... I've come too far to quit. So one week's result is not going to change my overall journey. It makes things take longer, yeah. But in the in the broad scheme of things, when you look at the big picture, one week's result, a bad result, is not going to change the entirety of your journey. Now, that being said... One, two, three, four weeks in a row. Now you're trending, right? You're trending up. So one week may not affect the journey, but two and three and four weeks, definitely. So you got to learn to correct that. If you if you have that upswing two and three, two or more weeks in a row, you got to know when to hit the brakes and say, okay, whoa. What am I doing wrong? Figure out a plan and execute the plan. So my total weight lost since January 2019 when I started this journey 
or this time on the journey is uh, 106.4 down. Uh, the remaining holiday gain from Thanksgiving is 3.6 pounds that I still have to lose. My pounds to get to 277, if this is your first time here, I want to get to 277 because, number one, it is the weight I was when I first started dating my wife. And also, it is the lowest weight I achieved from the gastric bypass before I started gaining the weight back. So it's a small goal of mine to get back to 277 and go beyond. So I could say, yeah, I'm back to where I was when uh, before everything started going wrong after the gastric bypass. Uh, my my pounds to get to the next WW milestone. So the, the WW milestone that I am heading for currently is the minus 125 milestone. And I am 18.6 pounds away from the minus 125 charm. And my pounds to goal at this point is 93.6 pounds. And that is the big goal I set myself in the beginning. I said I want to lose 200 pounds and then reevaluate, see how I look, see how I feel, and decide from that moment what do I want to do now? What is next? Because that's not going to be the end of my journey. That's just going to be the start of a new journey. Whatever I do next, whether it's want, do I want to start building muscle, you know, get into that idea. Or maybe I want to stay slim, but become very defined. Uh, You know, I mean, the possibilities are endless. But there always has to be a goal in mind. Because it's when you relax that things, uh, you know, start to go back the way they were and that's how that's what happened with me you know I had a whole bunch of success really quick with gastric bypass and when I look back on my on my time because in one year I went from 460 to 277 okay and in that time period that's a huge amount of weight to lose and so you get like drunk in success and I talked about this I think last week become drunk in success and you stop paying attention. You become arrogant in what it really took, the work it really took to get there, and you, you make mistakes. So we always got to keep that in mind. Now, despite this bad news for the week, I do have a non-scale victory. Well, we'll call it <laughs> a non-scale victory slash public service announcement. <laughs> uh, because, so... Uh, I forget what day of the week it was, but I was I was doing something in the bathroom in the mirror and my so my Fitbit is sunk to my phone to the you know whenever somebody calls me I can uh see who's calling, right? So I'm in the bathroom doing something in the mirror and so that day in Florida it was a lot cooler than it normal, right? So it was about, it was in the lower 50s, or upper 40s, lower 50s that day. I get this, I get this excitement. When the, when the temperature goes down that low in Florida, 
I, I get excited and because I keep like key hoodies and, and sweatpants because I want to wear them when this weather comes, right? <laughs> so I had the sweatpants on, okay? And the sweatpants last year at this time when I had already lost 75 pounds or actually I was approaching 75 pounds. So it was a little less than 75, but I had already, they were already huge on me on that day. So here we are a little over a year later and I'm minus 106. So you can imagine how much bigger the sweats are on me and you know, they're pull strings. So it's not, yes, they're big on the waist, but you can't tell because I'm pulling the string, right? But they're so big now that the pants are now really long and they go under my feet. They're, they're too long. They're not at my ankles where they should be. They are under my feet, covering my whole foot. So anyway, my phone starts to ring. <laughs> And I go, I realize I don't have my Bluetooth headset on, so I can't answer it. And I go to run to get to my phone. And the pants are underneath my foot, causing a very slippery surface. I slip and my bad knee, my right knee, the one with arthritis and the one with the meniscus tear, I hit the, I hit the floor with my knee first, with that, with that right knee first. Boom. The leg slips right out from underneath me. The knee hits first, then the rest of my body. It basically, it ruined my week, uh, so to speak. I didn't really allow it to affect my 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 exercise, uh, or I tried not to, I should say. Here's what to learn from my situation. Just replace the damn <laughs> sweatpants and be done with it. My problem is... All of these current sweatpants, what fashion currently calls sweatpants, I just don't like them. I don't. It looks like I need a pair of leg warmers because it's like tapered at the bottom with the elastic and all that. It just looks like, you know, back from the 80s, now we just need some leg warmers and we could do an exercise video. (laughs) I just refuse to buy them because I can't stand them. Can't stand them. But that's just me. So let's get to today's topic, navigating frustration. So why am I going to talk about this today? I'm talking about this today because I have been, I have had a level of frustration that has been building. It is becoming unhealthy to contain it anymore. So we're going to talk a little bit about my frustration. But for for the moment, why is it important to know how to navigate frustration? It's important because everything, every emotion affects our journey, right? In any way possible. When, how do we get in this position in the first place? When we're happy, we eat. When we're sad, we eat. When we're lonely, we eat. When we're angry, we eat. That's how we got in this position. So how do you counteract that? It's not by sheer will and desire. It's not motivation that's going to get you to your end goal. If it was motivation, everybody would be motivated and everybody would get to their goal. Am I right? No, motivation dies as quickly as uh, anything. Motivation is something you constantly have to keep fueled. And like a campfire, if you don't put wood on it, it's just going to die. It may roar and it may be this big, beautiful flame. 
But if you don't add wood to it, it's going to die out in no time, very quickly. Knowing what got us in this position that you eat when you're hungry, sad, happy, lonely, angry, plug in your emotion. That's why you're in this position because you ate during all these emotions. So equally now, we have to be aware of our emotions and we have to control and manage them at all times, right? Because the only way to stop yourself from emotional eating is to know your emotions so you don't eat. Am I right? I mean, you know, just shout it out if I'm wrong and uh, I'll pretend to hear you. (laughs) But this is what we need to do. If what got us here is uncontrolled emotional eating, in I mean, in the overwhelming majority of us can say that. They battle with emotional eating, and that's why they're in the position they're in. I mean, I'm talking like Clorox. 99.99% of us are here because we ate our emotions at some point. Maybe we didn't eat them the whole time, but we ate them the majority of the time. And then we ate when... There were no emotions to eat because of. So when, it, when frustration is part of, is the emotion you're dealing with, it's probably, I mean, maybe depressing. Maybe when you're depressed, maybe it's a little more difficult than when you're frustrated. I don't know because I know when you're frustrated, you hear that voice of, well, you know, it's that, that voice that counteracts everything you did, right? So it's trying to negate your work by talking down to you, by whatever it is. Oh, look what you did. You messed it all up. You know, that that voice that, oh, this is not for you. Maybe it's another, you need to go to another system. And in reality, what you really need more than anything else is to stay consistent. So you, that voice is telling you to get off track, go and do something else completely different. Start brand. It's like the equivalent of saying, oh, I'm the president of a company, but I'm going to quit. Well, maybe not a president. I'm a upper management of a company, but I'm going to quit because I'm frustrated with my boss and go start in the mailroom somewhere else. Okay, that's, that's the equivalent. When, when someone says, oh, I'm leaving, Weight Watchers doesn't work for me, so I'm going to go try keto. So your upper level management, you're doing, you did well and you got a little frustrated with your, with your journey or with your boss for the sake of the metaphor. And now you're going to quit so you can go start with a brand new company in the mailroom at the bottom. So if we can manage our emotions or manage our frustration, then we can stay in control of what we're eating and basically stay on course, right? Now we're going to talk about the frustrations that I tell you that I feel like I need to release because they've been building up for quite some time. We're going to talk about that after the break. So stick with me. Don't go anywhere. Hi, everyone. I'm Donato Russo, and I am the Ranting Weight Watcher. I would love it if we can connect on social media. If you're on Facebook and Instagram, look me up at The Ranting Weight Watcher. If you're on Twitter, at The Ranting WW. If you're already on Weight Watchers and you want to connect in the Connect app, 
Search for at Ranting Weight Watcher. If you'd like to email the show, share your successes, share your failures, share your story in general, send me an email at therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com. Most of all, if you're enjoying the show, please like it, share it, comment, and subscribe. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with me. So today, we are talking about navigating frustration. In other words, obtaining control of our emotions so it doesn't derail our journey. So I wanted to talk a little bit about I guess what I can say is how I'm dealing with my frustration right now is I decided that this podcast episode is going to be about frustration so I can release it because there's a lot of things. It's a buildup of things and you may see some of them as, uh, you know, petty and not worth talking about, but that's, that's fine. You can just not listen to this part of the episode if you'd like. (laughs) Or, you know, turn it off and move on. But, you know, one of the things I can't, that makes me crazy, you know, sometimes I used to, in the beginning of my journey, lose sleep at night when I have a gain for reasons I can't explain. And now, if I earn a gain... If I if I binge eat, if I have an episode where I just uncontrollably eat, then if I have a gain at the end of that week, there's nothing I can say about that. There's nothing there's nothing to fight. There's nothing to be frustrated about. I could be frustrated with myself for doing it, but there's nothing to be frustrated toward. You know, it, I am the cause of my own problems. But when I'm staring at my tracker endlessly looking for my problem and I don't see anything that caused the problem this this can make anybody go insane I mean people who have never had a weight problem in their life they don't understand that they just think you eat less calories than you burn and you'll lose weight they don't understand that not every week is going to be a loss The weight loss graph on anybody's graph, anybody who knows what what I'm talking about right now, whatever you're using the WW app, whether you're using MyFitnessPal or whatever other app there is out out there, you're going to eventually have a graph of your weight loss. And nobody's graph goes straight down. It may look like it goes straight down if they've been in this a while. Like I'm I'm almost two years in here. On January twelfth, twenty twenty one, that's my two year anniversary. So if you look at my journey from beginning to current, yes, it looks like a downward slope. But if you zoom in one year, six months, three months, my my graph looks like the ocean. It's up and down and up and down and up and down. 
It's like the tide. It goes in and it comes out. It goes in and it comes out. And there's no rhyme or reason. So you have to get used to fluctuations in weight. Even though you're doing everything right. Hey, if it was easy, everybody would do it. And nothing worth doing was ever easy. That's the bottom line with that. It's more frustrating this game this week was more frustrating just because of the extra weight I'm carrying is from Thanksgiving. So it's extra frustrating in that sense alone because I was trying to drop all of that weight before I got Christmas on the, on, in, the, in the sites, you know? And here we are a week from Christmas. I don't have all of that weight gone yet. And it's, it is very frustrating to me. And I know I shouldn't give timelines to the amount of weight I want to lose, but, I mean, if you've never given yourself a timeline and you're listening to me right now and you're on Weight Watchers or Keto or whatever the heck you, plan is out there, if you're doing one of these plans and you're doing it and you have some time in your mind for this current goal and if you've hit that goal on the time that you planned every single time god bless you you're either a much better person than i am or you're really good at lying <laughs> and that's all i got to say about that and uh i mean another thing that's been bothering me right now is like my knee right so the the pain that came from falling, obviously, aggravated the entire knee. And it aggravated the the meniscus tear. It aggravated the, the arthritis. And it aggravated a bunch of other parts of my body, too. And when you're dealing with pain like this, and whatever inflammation comes with that pain and you're still trying to stay on track exercise-wise. I mean, because pain doesn't force you to eat, right? So you can't say, I'm trying to stay on track, but I'm in a lot of pain when you're talking about food. It, it It's all about exercise at that point. Because being in pain, you're having to push through. You're having to do the exercise in spite of the pain. And there's not many of us that can say they do that. But regardless of my knee, what my knee was telling me, and a little bit of my back too, I just pushed through. I did what I needed to do, stay on course. And the the pain fluctuations, you know, making me feel like all I wanted to do was sit all day. That's annoying. That's very annoying. It makes you feel lazy. It makes you feel (laughs) almost disabled in a way. I mean... Not really, but you know what I'm. I'm just I'm being dramatic. You you, you it's you go through this uh, feeling of all kinds of emotions when you're sitting there, and you know you should be doing other things, but you're dealing with pain. One of the biggest things I'm frustrated with right now at this moment, and this has been going on for a while, and I've been holding it in. My frustration is with the corporation the WW Corporation. And I, I'm not an employee. So I, I'm, I'm a customer like everybody else. And like anybody else, I can voice my frustration with a product. In this case, I'm not, 
I have no problem with the product. I have a problem with the people who are trying to say they're making the product better. They're making me a little crazy right now, and I don't like it. See, when, when COVID came about, when it really took off, when I got sent home from work back in March, and I was working from home, and my hours got cut and all these things, you know, the one thing that you can say never changed is the price of your membership here, right? So regardless of your situation, everyone else, everyone else on plan may have lost work hours. They may have lost their job. But the one thing that never took a hit here is that the price of membership to WW stayed the same the whole time, which means everybody working on the other side of that membership fee should have been getting their salary. And I'm sure there are plenty of people that quit during this time because they couldn't afford it and whatever else. But still, whoever you kept, you kept. And they were all paying the regular rate. So we had to, to adopt, in this day and age, we had to adopt virtual meetings. So I said, okay, fine. Because I was an avid goer to my local workshop here. I went and did, you know, because I said, if I'm going to do Weight Watchers, I'm going to do it all the way. I'm going to go to the workshops. I'm going to track, exercise, and uh, weigh and measure. That's all they ask me to do. And they don't even ask you to go to workshops, right? So that's an extra. That's an extra. I track, measure, and weigh, and uh, I move, exercise. But the workshops, I said, if I'm doing this, I'm doing it all the way. And I went every Saturday morning. And it wasn't until COVID really hit that I realized, you know, I, I used to leave my studio inspired. Then I COVID hit. And we were doing the virtual thing. And I found myself sitting in home all day. I was starting to feel like I wanted to get back into old habits. And one of my old habits that I broke a long time ago here is eating sweets or eating, going for something sweet later in the evening. Like right about, you know, after, say two hours after dinner, eight o'clock, whatever it is, I would crave something sweet when I first started and I would even go as far as to save points so that when I hit that time period, I would still have points to use up so I could eat enough sweets to satisfy, satisfy myself. So I came up with a plan because I wanted to stop doing that. I, my plan was to counteract the craving for sugar by limiting carbs and, at dinner time and maximizing protein at dinner time because in my research the body works harder to break down protein than it does carbohydrate so if i eliminated the carbohydrate number 1 when you eat a carbohydrate another thing i found in my research that maybe it's not you maybe it's not 2 hours for you but it's 2 hours for me you can set your watch by it if you eat something heavy in carbs, two hours from the time, from the minute you finish, you're going to crave something sweet. Now, if it's two and a half or three, whatever, you get my point. The, the carb that you ate or the amount of carbs you ate at dinner caused the sweet craving, so I decided to put that to the test. So, okay, so if I limit the carbs at dinner and up my protein, I shouldn't have that sweet craving. And I did exactly that. 
up my protein, limited my carbs. I'm not saying I don't have carbs. I'm saying I limited them to a lot less in some in some nights of the week. It's it's half what I used to have. And I found right away, almost instantaneously, I would hit nine o'clock, nine thirty. I would look at the time and say, Whoa, I didn't even crave something sweet. But then just because I noticed what time it was, I suddenly had a sweet craving. So that's when I knew it was mental. Because up until the moment where I noticed what time it was, I had no desire. That told me that the information I had read was working. The higher amounts of protein and the limited carbs at dinner curbed the sweet craving a couple hours later. It worked for me, and I would argue it to the end of the earth that it would work for any of you. But anyway, I found myself craving sweets again, being in these four walls all day long. So I said, all right, I got to break this. What can I do to break this? Because what I was eating at dinner wasn't enough. The upper protein now, uh, higher protein amounts, whatever, it wasn't enough anymore to counteract the craving. I knew the craving was mental, so I had to counteract it with something mental. So what I decided to do was explore the workshops, the Zoom meetings that they were having throughout the week. And soon I found myself in a Zoom meeting in all parts of the country for four days a week, um, actually five days a week in the, in the beginning. I was doing Saturday was my normal one. Then I was doing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. The only night I didn't have a meeting was Sunday and Friday. And I was enjoying it. I met new people. You share, you know, your journey with these people and you get to know them. You get to love them. You meet the new leaders and you, you, you get to know and love them too. But the first, the first eye-opening moment was that the workshops were basically scripted. And that was my first frustration because I knew why. I knew why they were scripted. I knew why every single uh, WW coach I was visiting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, and Saturday was all saying the same thing. It's legal. It's a corporation, and they got to make sure they can't be sued. It's sad, but it's the world we live in. And it only took one moron to get uh, away with suing Dunkin' Donuts for hot serving hot coffee and not warning people about it to create the world we live in. That's the reality of it. So everything is about, oh, we got to watch what we say because we can be sued. It sucks. It's, it's almost like all of the sudden leaving a meeting, feeling inspired, suddenly became like a, oh, your guys are all just saying the same thing. You may have your own personality attached to the way you're saying it, but the message is the same. So it was like the... You know, the curtain when you, when at the end of the Wizard of Oz, when they saw who the wizard really was, that's what happened. That was the moment I had. But I still went because, you know, eventually it became about the people. It wasn't about the message. And you, you just wanted to see these people every week, week after week, every Monday, wanted to see those people every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Then slowly but surely, uh, you know, things started to, clear up and they decided to open the <clears throat> open the uh, workshop that I went to with all kinds of rules that would uh, that basically 
prohibit or make it a little more difficult for people with children, you know, to go and it's, uh, it becomes, you, you don't want to take away a seat from somebody who needs the meeting because you're, you know, your little kid's got to be with you. And will your little kid really sit six feet from you and not want to be close to you? No, it's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. So for that reason, we stay away from the Saturday meeting. And the person they replaced, they had put on, on the time, you know, we just weren't bonded with. So we stopped attending the Saturday Zoom meeting because we, we basically have four meetings, four other meetings we're attending. So we're good. And the time goes by. And before I know it, the Monday meeting gets closed. Okay. The Monday meeting got closed. What are we going to do? And a little more time goes by. And then the Tuesday meeting got closed. And just last week, a group of people that I had come to love on the Wednesday meeting announced that the Wednesday meeting is now closed, that I was attending. I have one meeting left. I can't tell you that I don't want to go smack somebody right now. I can't tell you that. Because they, they issue this statement, oh, we're revamping things, we're making things better. And, you know, here's, what, here's really what, what, in a nutshell, what's going to happen. They're going to have far less Zoom meetings. They're going to do it with people that can handle a high number of people. So by limiting the amount of Zoom meetings, you're maximizing the license that you need. Because in the IT world, when you use a piece of software, every user requires a license, which means you pay a fee for that person to use the license for that software. Okay? So now... Essentially, they're limiting the amount of people they need a license for by only having X amount of Zoom meetings. So they could still say, oh, we still have so many Zoom meetings, but there's still so many less than there were, so much less that when you go into the new Zoom meetings, you're going to find that there are like 200 people, 300 people in there probably. And then they claim that the bigger room full of people is going to benefit you more. That made me crazy. Because if that was the case, if that theology was even half right, then every grade of school would be done in an auditorium filled with 100 kids to one teacher. 200 kids to one teacher with that theology. And that would be good learning. No, we send our kids to schools or we try to get them into schools where the number, the teacher-to-student ratio is as low as it can possibly be. So the student has a more personal experience with that teacher. And that's how it was with the Zoom workshops. And that's how it was with the physical Zoom meetings walking in. And now it's all just slipping away because the suits in the WW Corporation are trying to maximize profit. People, you know, I'm probably making a bunch of enemies today, but that's okay. I always argue the controversial side of an argument. That's just me. That's who I am. Because you know what? There are probably a thousand people that feel just the way I do, but I'm just the one willing to say it. And it sucks. But you know what? It doesn't matter 
what you're frustrated by. It doesn't matter who you're frustrated by. Because none of it can be allowed to take control of your journey. Whatever caused the frustration you're dealing with, whatever caused the frustration I'm dealing with, allowing it to take control of my journey, it can't end well. No matter what. As a matter of fact, the only way frustration can benefit a journey is at the very beginning. When you are fed up with your life the way it is right now, that is the only way that frustration can turn you in the right direction. So what do you do? You must always be aware of your emotions. You must always be in control of your emotions. Your emotions must never be allowed to take control of any part of your life, let alone your journey. Any part. You must always be aware. Always be on guard. Because your first impulse when it comes to your emotions is often the incorrect one. Stop for a second. Think it through. What has caused the frustration you're dealing with? Will food really fix it? The only thing food fixes is starvation. And nobody listening to me right now is dealing with starvation. I would bet a paycheck on it. Be aware of your emotions at all times and be on guard. And you may just find the success you've always wanted. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.